Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zora. Africa, amka na unai. Good morning and a very warm welcome to Africa Rise and Shine. This is Channel Africa from an African perspective coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. We are on DSTV's audio bouquet channel 802 and on www.channelafrica.co.za. I'm Lulu Gabu in studio with Anne Musa, Tabiso Luhoko and Figile Lingwati. In our top stories on Africa Rise and Shine at the Sawa. South Africa bans travelers from several coronavirus-hit countries and Nigeria's closed border boosts smuggling to Cameroon. In economics news, January uptake of thermal power falls to record low in Kenya. And in sports news, the IOC to hold coronavirus crisis talks with sports bodies. But first up, the news with Anne Musa. SABC News. Independent and impartial from an African perspective. A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Moussa. South Africa's ruling ANC has welcomed the government's measures to curb the spread of the coronavirus. The reaction comes after President Cyril Ramaphosa announced government's measures to deal with the outbreak. The number of South Africans have tested positive to the coronavirus now stands at 61. The ANC says following the president's announcement addressing the media, the ANC Secretary General Ace Mahashule called for unity in combating the global outbreak. The African National Congress makes a clarion call to all our structures, alliance partners and South Africans uh, to be at the center of mass mobilization to win the battle related to COVID-19 through the following measures. Mass education to the country's population about the virus and preventative actions. Uh, we have said to our structures, expand surveillance to find, isolate and care for every case and to trace every contact. And we have encouraged our, our structures to fight against COVID-19. South Africa joined the list of nations instituting drastic measures with the President Cyril Ramaphosa outlining measures such as denying a visa to any person who has visited high-risk countries in the past 20 days. He says South African citizens returning from high-risk countries will be subjected to testing and self-isolation or quarantine on return to the country. Ramaphosa announced the na- addressed the nation last night. Any foreign national who has visited high-risk countries in the past 20 days will be denied a visa. South African citizens returning from high-risk countries will be subjected to testing and self-isolation or quarantine on return to South Africa. All travelers who have entered South Africa from high-risk countries since mid-February will be required to present themselves for testing. President Ramaphosa also announced that all schools will be closed from Wednesday until after the Easter long weekend, which ends on the 13th of April. Gatherings of more than 100 people are prohibited. The president also says all non-essential travel is discouraged. We further discourage all non-essential domestic travel. Gatherings of more than 100 people will be prohibited. Mass celebrations of upcoming national days, 
such as Human Rights Day and other large government events will be cancelled. Schools will be closed from Wednesday, 18th March, and will remain closed until after the Easter weekend. Kenya has announced that schooling has been suspended with effect from Monday to avoid the spread of COVID-19. This follows the confirmation of two more cases of the deadly coronavirus, bringing to three the total number of confirmed cases in the East African nation. Kenya confirmed its first case of COVID-19 on Friday. A 27-year-old woman who travelled from the U.S. through London, Sarah Kimani reports. President Kenyatta has also announced the suspension of all public gatherings, whether funerals, weddings, uh, church services, and uh, he's also said that uh, uh, weddings and uh, funerals should be limited to just the uh, close family members. They're also asking that uh, most of those who are working uh, to consider working from home. And I'm President Kenyatta announcing that they will be encouraging Kenyans to go cashless, uh, whether use uh, mobile money transfer services. France, Spain and Italy all recorded their highest death tolls for a single day. Italy saw 368 deaths, bringing bringing its total to 1,809, the highest outside of China. Spain recorded 97 more deaths for a total of 288. And France reported 29 deaths, bringing the total to 120. A Canadian woman and her Italian partner kidnapped in Burkina Faso in 2018 have been found in good health after escaping captivity. Tedeth Blaze and Luca Tachetto, both in their 30s, managed to escape their captors near the northern city of Kidal on Friday and were taken to the local base of the UN mission in Mali. The pair were flown out on Saturday on a special plane to Mali's capital, Bamako. They were taken to the presidential palace where they met President Ibrahim Boubacar Keita before being repatriated. The couple disappeared while traveling through the West African country in December 2018. They were driving by car to Wagadougou when they were kidnapped. That's the news headlines at 7.30 Central African Time. SABC News. Independent and impartial. From an African perspective. Tune in to Vision 2030 with Una Pateke and Tabila Masugu, the new show revolving around the Sustainable Development Goals and Agenda 2030. Every Tuesday, 10 to 11 a.m. Central African Time. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Channel Africa One. Hashtag Vision 2030. South Africa's President Sul Ramaphosa has declared a national state of disaster in terms of a disaster management, Ramaphosa made the announcement during his address of a nation as part of the country's fight against the spread of coronavirus, which has now infected 61 people. This followed a special cabinet meeting at the Union Building in Pretoria on Sunday to discuss measures to combat the outbreak. Ramaphosa also announced strict travel bans on foreign nationals from high-risk countries, including Italy, Iran, South Korea, Spain, Germany, the US, the UK and China. Nomalizo Mandel filed this report. After what seemed a long wait, President Cyril Ramaphosa informed an expected nation what government had decided to do about the growing coronavirus outbreak. We have decided to take urgent and drastic measures to manage the disease, protect the people of our country 
and to reduce the impact of the virus on our society and on our economy. We have now declared a national state of disaster in terms of the Disaster Management Act. With the number of infections rising, the reported cases seem to be found in people who had traveled to Europe. However, President Ramaphosa expressed the concern that the country might be having an internal transmission. As of now, South Africa has 61 confirmed cases of people infected with the virus, and this number is expected to rise in the coming days and weeks. Initially, it was people who had traveled out of the country, especially from Italy, who had positively tested for the virus. It is concerning that we are now dealing with internal transmission of the virus. This situation calls for an extraordinary response. There can be no half measures. Ramaphosa also announced a travel ban on countries considered to be high risk. We are imposing a travel ban on foreign nationals from high-risk countries such as Italy, Iran, South Korea, Spain, Germany, the United States, the United Kingdom, and China as from 18th March 2020. We have cancelled visas to visitors from those countries from today and previously granted visas are hereby revoked. Ramaphosa said that all schools will be closed as from Wednesday until after Easter weekend and that visits to all correctional services facilities would be suspended for 30 days. To ensure social distancing, Ramaphosa said that the gatherings of more than 100 people would be prohibited and that mass celebrations of national days, including Human Rights Day next week and other government events were cancelled. As part of intensifying the effort to curb the outbreak, Ramaphosa announced the establishment of a national command team to be chaired by him. Since the outbreak of this pandemic, our government's response has been led by the Interministerial Committee chaired by Minister of Health, Dr. Zuelini Mkize. We congratulate them on the outstanding work they have done, together with their able support teams. As part of the intensification of this effort, we have decided to establish a National Command Council, which will be chaired by the President. This National Command Council will include, amongst others, members of the Interministerial Committee and will meet three times a week to coordinate all aspects of our extraordinary emergency response. Ramaphosa said that out of 53 land ports of entry, 35 will be shut down. South Africa has 72 ports of entry into our country, which are through the land, sea and airports. Of the 53 land ports, 35 will be shut down with effect from Monday the 16th of March. Two of the eight seaports will be closed for passengers and crew changes. Ministers responsible for coordinating these measures will hold a media briefing on Monday morning to unpack the details. Nomalizo Mandela, SABC News, Union Buildings in Pretoria. South Africa's ruling ANC has welcomed the government's comprehensive measures in an attempt to curb the spread and further infections of the coronavirus. The reaction comes after President Cyril Ramaphosa announced government's measures to deal with the outbreak. 
The number of South Africans who tested positive for the virus now stands at 61. The ANC says following the announcement by the president, it has decided to cancel most of the party's events, including the visit to Sharpville today, where it planned to interact with families and survivors of the Sharpville massacre. The ANC Secretary-General Ace Mahashule called for unity in combating this global outbreak. Mahashule addressed the media in Pretoria last night. The African National Congress makes a clarion call to all our structures, alliance partners and South Africans uh, to be at the center of mass mobilization to win the battle related to COVID-19 through the following measures. Mass education to the country's population about the virus and preventative actions. Uh, we have said to our structures, expand surveillance to find, isolate and care for every case and to trace every contact. And we have encouraged our, fi- our structures to fight against COVID-19 because the fight against it is not only a government responsibility, but a responsibility of the whole society. And to ensure and make sure that our homes and workplaces are clean and hygienic. We have also emphasized the fact that we need as we have been advised by health practitioners and uh, experts, as well as cabinet, to regularly actually wash our hands thoroughly with soap and water, and we need to seek medical care when coughing or having breathing problems. Follow strictly the preventative instructions from cabinet of South Africa, World Health Organization, and the Department of Health. And this will go a long way in arresting the spread of this virus. It's a serious thing and we are calling upon South Africans, all of us responsible leaders throughout South Africa, uh, to ensure that uh, we actually make sure that we arrest the spread. Accordingly, the ANC calls on all structures to be at the forefront of the community efforts to combat the spread of the virus. Similarly, and as part of its ongoing efforts to mitigate against the spread of the global pandemic, COVID-19, the ANC has indeed instructed all the structures across the length and breadth of South Africa to be part of this collective effort. On the same token, after intense consideration, the leadership of the ANC has also taken a proactive action to postpone its scheduled visit to Sharkville Area. We were supposed to go to Sharkville, engage with the victims of uh, the Sharkville massacre, engage with communities, but we have actually taken cognizance of the fact that this virus is serious and uh, I think we humbly want to apologize to the families of the victims of the massacre when they were actually expecting us to be there, including our structures uh, in the CDBN region of, of the ANC. We have been hard at work to ensure our visit becomes a success. The ANC takes this opportunity to extend a message of solidarity to the whole of global community and mankind. We deeply express our profound and heartfelt messages, message of condolences to all the affected families and those who lost their loved ones. The ANC reiterates its confidence on the capacity and commitment of our government to overcome this global pandemic. To this end, we have called an extended NWC, which has been convened to further consolidate and enrich our approach in dealing with this COVID-19 outbreak.
and we are actually advising all South Africans, wherever they are, to really take this pandemic seriously. South Africa's ruling ANC Secretary-General Ace Mahashule addressing the media in Pretoria last night. MEC for Health in South Africa's Limpopo province, Dr. Popi Ramatuba, says churches are at risk, are a risk area where coronavirus can easily spread. She said this is according to a risk assessment which they have conducted. Dr. Ramatuba was addressing church leaders in Pulukwati about the coronavirus. Church leaders in Limpopo held a meeting with MEC for Health, Dr. Popirama Toba in Pulukwane to discuss the impact of the coronavirus and the ways to prevent its spread. Ramatuba says churches must start using online platforms for worship as large gatherings make it easy for the virus to spread. Issues of Holy Communion where we are all sharing. So the church becomes a real area of risk. If one of the congregants can be infected, it will be easy to spread it all over. We can prevent as Limpopo citizens that we don't even have a single case. Can't we have an innovative way of worshipping? Can't we worship through Skype? Can't we worship through our pastors on live on Facebook? It's it's a difficult one. Ramatuba says, Church services are not the only gatherings to be avoided. She is encouraging the public to stay away from places where people are close to each other. Personally, I, I definitely would discourage any kind of gathering because of the current situation that we find ourselves in. And that's why I'm going to discourage anyone. The way our gatherings get congested, the same as the sporting facility. Why can't people watch games on television. There are marathons that are coming, a number of them in the country, and these are international marathons. These leaders were locked in a meeting until late. The chairperson of the South African Council of Churches in Limpopo, Reverend Awadzanine Maukwe says they will comment upon the resolution of the meeting today. Meanwhile, Minister of Health Dr. Zolim Kizer said on Twitter that the 144 people who have been placed under quarantine at the ranch hotel in Blukwane are doing well. The group returned from China on Saturday. They tested negative for coronavirus, but are in quarantine for precaution. Meanwhile, governments around the world are considering clamping down on large public gatherings. I am Michael Makungo in Blukwane. 114 South African citizens have returned to South Africa from Wuhan in China on Saturday and are being housed at the Ranch Hotel in Bulukwane. The group, including 14 medical professionals and volunteers, were transported in a convoy to the quarantine zone. The health department says they have all tested negative to COVID-19. They will, however, be at the quarantine location for 21 days as a precaution. Katlachonyoni reports. The SAA chartered plane landed safely at the Gateway International Airport in Limpopo before 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. The plane was carrying 146 people, including the repatriated group, medical staff, embassy officials, volunteers and crew members. 
A process to disembark from the plane immediately followed. The volunteers and medical staff embarked first, wearing white protective gear and masks. The buses left the airport destined for the ranch hotel shortly after midday, led by a convoy of police, army and emergency services vehicles. The convoy followed a route on the N1 near the airport before eventually joining the R101, which had been closed to the public. Health spokesperson Popo Maja has confirmed the arrival of the South Africans. I can confirm that um, the, flight, the flight LMG 755 uh, from one city in China has arrived. There are... 1147 South African nationals, um, the crew, 18 crew members, and um, one four medicals, including three embassy staff. Seven people based in Wuhan who were scheduled to travel as part of the 121 repatriated group have not returned. The health department has confirmed that the seven cancelled before departure from China. The repatriation was arranged after calls from South Africans and their families for government to act after the outbreak of the virus in Wuhan. Meanwhile, some people in Bulugwani have commended the government for bringing back the citizens, while others are of a different view. It was emotional because, you know, you can't imagine if it was your, your sibling in bed. You know, you're thinking so much around it. So the only thing that is left for us is just to support them. We are very happy so they will be treated with respect. They are welcomed in our country. They are South Africans. They need our help and our prayers. So yes, as a resident of Limpopo, I'm very proud, although I was very touched. We are just not happy about this. We understand these kids are ours, but they could have taken each one to their own provinces. The ranch hotel will be under strict lockdown for the duration of the quarantine. The health department is expected to continue to update the public on the quarantine process. I'm Gatle Honyoni in Polokwane. Follow Channel Africa on these social media platforms. On Facebook, Channel Africa 1. On Twitter, at Channel Africa 1. And YouTube on Channel Africa Radio. Our website, www.channelafrica.co.za. Channel Africa, from an African perspective. United States President Donald Trump has declared a national emergency over the spread of coronavirus in the United States. The declaration will free up some $50 billion in disaster relief to assist states and local municipalities fight the pandemic, which has infected over 1,800 people in the country and claimed more than 40 lives. The president has invoked the Stafford Act, which allows the Federal Emergency Management Agency, known as FEMA, to coordinate the national emergency response. Show and Bryce Peace reports. After more than 30 states had already declared national emergencies, President Trump's decision unleashed the full might of the federal government in fighting the spread of the virus. I am officially declaring a national emergency. Two very big words. The action I am taking will open up access to up to $50 billion of very importantly, very important and a large amount of money for states and territories and localities in our shared fight against this disease. 
In furtherance of the order, I'm urging every state to set up emergency operation centers effective immediately. The declaration allows access to 50 billion in federal dollars for local jurisdictions. It calls for states to establish emergency testing centers, for hospitals to activate emergency preparedness plans, while conferring new authorities on the Health and Human Services Secretary. Using federal emergency authorities, the FDA approved a new test for the virus. We did this within hours after receiving the application from Roche, a process that would normally take weeks. We therefore expect up to a half a million additional tests will be available uh, early next week. We'll be announcing locations probably on Sunday night. All the major sporting codes have cancelled games and or suspended seasons until further notice. Broadway in New York City decided to go dark for at least a month, with schools closed in multiple jurisdictions, churches shutting their doors, panic buying in grocery stores, as life in general has fundamentally been disrupted for Americans across the country at the United Nations headquarters. A majority of staff told to stay home as a decision to possibly shut down the campus is still pending, as spokesperson Stefan Duzerich explained. The direction we're going into is to reduce as much as possible the footprint of people going into this building. That uh, anyone who can work from home uh, will be told to work from home. Um, what is important and to remember is that the, the UN's work will continue. We will continue to support peacekeeping operations. We'll continue to support our humanitarian operations. We'll, our colleagues will continue to work on the budget. Um, things will be done from home. If member states decide, like the Security Council, decide to have that they need to hold meetings, we will support them in whatever way we can. As the global economy creaks under the weight of the one-two punch of the virus, concerns that the UN's development agenda will begin to suffer financial consequences of its own. The Secretary General in the meetings he's had with, with senior staff has brought up over and over again the negative impact that this may have on the global economy and the knock-on effects on the investments that we need for the decade of actions on the sustainable development goals, on investment in climate, um, on uh, all the other long-term things that we're looking for. The, the, one, of the import, you know, one of the things that's clearly coming out on, uh, as countries fight this risk is the issue of inequality. Who has access to health care? Um, who will get treated first? You know, the, the amount of um, investments countries are able to put in and who, who has helped. Uh, this is only making those fault lines of inequality come out much, much clearer. The United States Congress is also working on the passage of a relief package to assist Americans who are likely to suffer financially due to the impact of COVID-19. I'm Sherwin Bricepies in New York. Eight South Asian countries have decided to pull their efforts against coronavirus, which has infected fewer than 150 people in the impoverished region. India proposed setting up an emergency fund offering 10 million US dollars to get it going, as government said they fear the global outbreak could unhinge their fragile economies. Ranasen reports. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi hosted a public video conference of regional heads of states even as South Asia shut its door to the outside world. We all agree that evolving a common strategy is critical to handling such challenges. And we agreed to find cooperative solutions. We will share knowledge, best practices and where possible resources. 
we have to fight this battle together and we have to win it together our neighborhood collaboration should be a model for the world tiny bhutan has reported just a single infection but its prime minister lote shering appeared worried of the future ahead as we fight this disease maybe we will be able to overcome the acute problem but what happens to the long term consequences what if we all develop endemic to this disease what would be the international health regulations on this so if we can think through all this then we will definitely have lesser problems in the near futures to come and also i think i would like to repeat and insist that we must be willing to share the limited resources that we have and nepal's prime minister kp sharma oli said he had even closed down the season's expeditions to mount everest a money spinner for the himalayan country we have restricted international movements bishan arrival facility for all foreigners has been suspended movement of third country nationals via land routes has been suspended all the permits for mountaineering expedition for spring 2020 have been suspended afghanistan bangladesh bhutan india nepal pakistan sri lanka and the maldives account for a fifth of the humanity and regional diplomat rajiv dogra said the world must take a lesson from south asia china italy and even usa reacted when they were almost submerged by a crisis whereas south asia fortunately has not been affected in any significant manner in any of these eight countries but each of these eight countries have taken anticipatory action so i think this is another step in that direction that besides individual efforts at country level let us also cooperate in terms of what lies ahead india which is home to 1.3 billion people has so far fared better than the rest of asia europe and north america with only two deaths and 107 infections so far this is zana sen reporting from new delhi Tune in to Vision 2030 with Ona Pateke and Tabila Masugu, the new show revolving around the Sustainable Development Goals and Agenda 2030. Every Tuesday, 10 to 11 a.m. Central African Time. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Channel Africa One. Hashtag Vision 2030. Tune in to Vision 2030 with Ona Pateke and Tabila Masugu, the new show revolving around the Sustainable Development Goals and Agenda 2030. Every Tuesday, 10 to 11 a.m. Central African Time. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Channel Africa One. Hashtag Vision 2030. Our headlines up next with Anne Musa. SABC News. Independent. and in posh from an african from a perspective, perspective. A very good morning to you I'm Ann Musa the headline South Africa's president Cyril Ramaphosa has declared COVID-19 a national disaster in the country following a cabinet meeting he says 61 cases of the virus have now been confirmed in the country Kenya has announced that schooling has been suspended with effect from Monday to avoid the spread of COVID-19 and at least 15 people have been confirmed dead and many others injured after an explosion at a gas processing plant on Sunday in Nigeria's commercial capital of Lagos those are the stories making headlines SABC News independent and impartial from an African, from an African perspective, perspective.
Tune in to Vision 2030 with Una Pateke and Tabila Masugu, the new show revolving around the Sustainable Development Goals and Agenda 2030. Every Tuesday, 10 to 11 a.m. Central African Time. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Channel Africa One, hashtag Vision 2030. Now for more reactions to COVID-19 preventative measures announced by President Sil Ramaphosa last night, Florence Odaba spoke to Analyst Azar Jamin. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it, at this point to, to balance, uh, Mr. Jamin, the safety and uh, protection of people with, with the inevitable problems that this uh, disease will cause or, or has, you know, has already caused for the economy. Let me put it that way. What do we do in this sort of a situation? Because you can't kind of say to people, well, carry on shopping, carry on doing, you know, we've already been stopped. So what are we supposed to do? I mean, you look at the restaurant business, for example. If I'm visiting my favorite restaurant once every two weeks, and I'm not visiting now, I'm not going to, after all of this, go there once every week to make up for it. I mean, these businesses are in trouble, are they not? You are absolutely correct. A lot of business activity will be gone for good as a consequence of this. And, you know, cynics will say, Was it, is it, has it been worth trying to fight this virus uh, for given that a lot of people are going to starve and probably die of poverty yeah. as a consequence of the actions taken to try and preempt the virus and for our workforce i mean what's 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 the advice i mean we might find ourselves in a situation where you know companies are saying look we, we actually just don't have work we don't even have customers we don't have clients so what what do we do in this case i think uh, you know some companies are going to lay off people on a, a part-time basis just temporarily and hope that uh, business comes back in the longer term. And so there is going to be a lot of impoverishment of people uh, as, a re- as a consequence of this. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Not across the board. There are some businesses that will actually benefit from this, ironically. But the kind of examples that you gave of uh, restaurants and so on, that's obvious. The mm-hmm. tourist uh, sector is completely decimated yeah. internationally. And the only way in which we're going to get through this without uh, even more damage is government now, this is a role that governments finally have to play. They don't have to really be worried about managing airlines and uh, electronic companies and all that. This isn't a case where government has to intervene in giving direct uh, assistance to parties that are damaged. We heard the president saying that there is a fund that will then be made available to uh, those businesses as we go through uh, this, this this problem. I mean, what is that? What does that actually mean? Does that mean that you know the president will be uh, making sure that uh, you know these businesses stay alive for an inevitable amount of time? What do you think the president means by the fact that there is this fund that will be made available to help uh, these businesses? By the way, our president is certainly not going to be the only one in the world facing this problem right now. So let's just not believe this is a strictly South African problem. Uh, What the world has to find out is how to package all these loans of uh, central banks towards uh, businesses in an organized way that is not exploited, Mm. but actually goes to people who really need it. And from a fiscal point of view, uh, we've also got to do this. And we've got to be very careful, because if you overdo it, you can actually have converse 
uh, repercussions that w w weren't foreseen previously. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be managed extremely carefully and extremely well directed. Hopefully, the government will take advice from international sources and uh, you know I think there's going to be a concerted global way of dealing with this all uh, in due course. Now is it, uh, is it fair for me to ask how long it will take uh, consumers and, uh, and business confidence really to, to recover after we come out of this sort of I suppose dark tunnel? That is the huge question that people are posing at the moment. Uh, a lot depends on how quickly we find ways of dealing with the virus, how quickly it uh, dissipates or not obviously. But uh, even with, with what has happened over the past week, we're talking several months, uh, if not the entire year. Uh, the world economy is without doubt going to go into a recession. Mm. Um, the only hope that exists is that there might be light at the end of the tunnel if we succeed in doing away with the virus. Um, you know, the virus has not been quite as uh, deadly as many other viruses. I mean, if this had been Ebola, it, <laughs> yeah. God, I, I would have been scared to be in the studio. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, but we are looking at uh, now, whereas previously people were looking at the second half recovery. You may get some recovery, but there will have been some permanent damage mm -hmm. inflicted. And what concerns me specifically is the manner in which financial markets are crashing. I think there's a lot of peripheral damage that is being incurred over and above the supply shortages that end to tourism. There's a lot of financial damage that is now that we're headed for globally. That's uh, analyst Azad Jamin speaking to the SABC's Florence Lidwaba. Tune in to Vision 2030 with Ona Pateke and Tabila Masugu, the new show revolving around the Sustainable Development Goals and Agenda 2030. Every Tuesday, 10 to 11 a.m. Central African Time. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Channel Africa One, hashtag Vision 2030. Outbreaks of infectious diseases such as the coronavirus can scupper the best laid travel plans. While saving for a dream holiday, you don't envisage that world-famous museums may be closed due to an epidemic or that you could be confined to a ship's cabin or a tiny apartment in a foreign country. This is according to Sarah Nicholson, a commercial manager of Just Money Insurance Company in South Africa, who shares with us tips for travelers in the wake of the coronavirus. You know, due to the rise in number of daily confirmed cases of the new COVID-19 virus, the World Health Organization has declared it spread a global pandemic. Um, we've got things like governments have halted flights from nations that have been affected and even locked out towns and urging people to stay at home in affected areas. Um, many major sporting events and social events have also been cancelled. And some countries are in lockdown with travel inside the countries being restricted and only essential travel being allowed. So, I mean, this, this potentially puts your travel plans at risk. And if you are traveling, it, it does make things quite difficult for you. Well, so it's had a big impact on the world. Now talk to us about the importance of taking some time before traveling to inform yourself about an appropriate insurance. Look, travel is really fantastic and visiting wonderful locations teaches you about our beautiful world and other people and also yourself. And by taking some time beforehand just to research the best travel insurance for your needs, you improve your chances of your trip being stress-free and creating good memories. So typically... 
Travel insurance is your safety net and it covers you for things like medical emergencies while you're overseas, um, if you need to unexpectedly cancel or delay your trip, if you lose your baggage or if you have any unexpected legal costs. So it's really good to just research what what you're doing and, and look for the right product for your needs before you travel. Now, what are some of the traveling insurance tips to prevent your dream holiday becoming a nightmare? Look, I'd say there's three big tips. Um, one is shop around for the travel insurance that suits your needs. Read the fine print. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Check what's offered in case of epidemics and pandemics, um, if there's going to be travel disruption. You know, you've got to ask the questions and just look for something that really suits your needs. Also, I'd say the second one is to keep up to date with, on what's happening in your holiday destination. Um, a couple of places that you can go look online for is the National Institute of Chemical Diseases, um, the NICD. That's particularly relevant to the African continent. And then you can also check out the World Health Organization. Um, they have frequent updates on global events and offer handy resources on health topics. And I'd say the third one is check out what your policy conditions are before you're going to make a cancellation. So you want to go on your trip and you're thinking about canceling it, just check your travel insurance conditions beforehand. You may have to cancel your holiday within a certain period before departure. And even then, you might not receive all your money back. So good idea to just give them a call and double-check that fine bridge. That's Sarah Nicholson, commercial manager of Just Money Insurance Company, on the line speaking to Lebuchang Mabange. Contraband trade between Cameroon and Nigeria is set to be on the increase five months after Nigeria announced that it had banned the import and export of goods through its land borders to ensure that they have uh, total control of what comes in their country. More than 70% of basic commodities in Cameroon are imported from Nigeria, while Nigeria buys rice, onion and cotton from Cameroon. Muki Kinzaga reports from a town called Limbe. At the Limbe market in southwestern Cameroon, both local and Nigerian traders say that since Abuja closed border trade, their businesses are suffering. Traders say they regularly run short of supplies from both countries, leading to price increases of up to 15%. 35-year-old Nigerian Miracle Ademola sells dresses to Cameroon and buys rice to sell back home. But Ademola says she can't afford to pay the high shipping cost to take the goods back and forth by boat. It has drastically affected the economy of Nigeria and the economy of Cameroon. Smuggling things as it is now is actually not beneficial and we find it risky. We just look forward and hope for the borders to be open any moment from now so businesses can go on the way they used to. Cameroon counts on goods from Nigeria for 70% of its basic commodities. Cameroon's National Institute of Statistics says about 15,000 Cameroonians trade across the 2,000-kilometer-long border with Nigeria. Nigerians also buy agricultural produce, including cattle, rice, onions, and cotton, from Cameroon for its booming market of some 190 million people. But in October 2019, Nigeria closed its land borders to all trade to end rampant smuggling across the porous border. In Cameroon, the move seems to be having the opposite effect. 
Cameroonian police and customs in the southwestern town of Boya burned a huge pile of smuggled medicines from Nigeria on Sunday. Police seized the unregulated pills and tonics, which included anti-malarial and anti-inflammatories, as they were being delivered to pharmacies. Cameroonian health official Victor Bome says authorities are seizing more of such smuggled shipments of drugs since Nigeria closed its borders. Each time the security forces apprehend somebody who has contraband medication, the security forces seize them. About six months we have destroyed contraband medication to the tune of about 50 million. That's about $85,000 worth of smuggled medicine in a town of about 300,000 people. Cameroonian customs officials say it's not just medicine coming from Nigeria. Smuggling of most basic goods, electronic appliances, and engine parts have all increased in the past four months. A senior customs official for the Southwest, Pierre Ngama, says customers' revenue dropped 2% a month from October to December because of the smuggling. We have more than 100 entrances in the sea. More than 100. We can hold about 50, but other 50 is a problem. We take major strategies like night patrol with police and gendarme teams, even naval base. Another strategy is to sensitize the traditional rulers, to sensitize the population, to tell them that those activities are killing our economy. Critics argue Nigeria's closed border pours doubt on Africa's continent-wide free trade agreement signed in July 2018. But Nigeria argues the country is still open to trade through its ports and that the land border closure means it's simply better regulated. Officials at Nigeria's embassy in Yaoundé were not available for comments on the issue. Our economics update up next with Tabisuluhuku. Good morning. South Africa's President Cyril Ramaphosa says a package of economic measures is being put together in partnership with business and labor to mitigate the effects of the coronavirus on the country. Ramaphosa was delivering an address to the nation about government's measures to try and slow the spread of the virus in South Africa. The president says 61 people in South Africa are now confirmed to have contracted the virus. Ramaphosa says that the coronavirus poses significant challenges to the economy. Government will make funding available to capacitate the sectors dealing with the national response to this virus outbreak. Cabinet is therefore in the process of finalizing a comprehensive package of interventions to mitigate the expected impact of COVID-19 on our economy. This package will consist of various fiscal and other measures and it will be concluded following consultation with business, labor 
and other relevant institutions. The National Union of Metal Workers of South Africa, NUMSA, has described as reckless President Sir Ramaphosa's announcement that a travel ban will be implemented on high-risk countries from this week. The union was reacting to a list of measures that the president announced last night in an effort to contain the pandemic in South Africa. NUMSA General Secretary Irvin Jim. The reaction of the president, one find it shocking. South Africa, if anything, has not industrialized, has not created any jobs. It has been a country that has been deindustrializing for years. As a result, we got an army of the population in this country which has got nothing, it is unemployed. For some decisions that are taken, in my view, very hastily, for basically cutting the whole country out of the world, one find it really reckless, if not shocking. Consumption of expensive thermal energy has fallen to record low in January. This has eased the pressure on Kenyan households as favorable weather raised the production of cheaper hydro and wind power. Data from the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics shows the energy uptake from thermal power generators reduced by half to 5.52% of the total uptake in January compared to 11.8% during a similar month last year. The Nigerian Naira has appreciated against the dollar on Friday after days of panic buying amid speculations that the Nigerian central bank may devalue the local currency. The Nigerian currency had lost ground against the dollar. Apart from the effect of the COVID-19 and the global economy, a breakdown in talks between the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries and its allies led to a freefall earlier in the week with oil prices crashing to 33 US dollars. Plastics manufacturing company Namibia Plastics and Packaging Distributors has become the first Namibian plastics manufacturing company to achieve international certification for its products. The company received certification as a manufacturer of materials used in the manufacturing of single-service containers and closures of milk and milk products located outside the United States of America. The certificate was awarded under the United States Food and Drug Administration Certification Accolade. The U.S. dollar is trading at 364 Nigerian Nara 4611, Botswana Pula 14, 101 Kenyan shilling 69, and at 15 Zambian Gwaja 91. In BRICS currencies, one U.S. dollar will cost you 4 Brazilian roll 85, 72 Russian ruble 49, 73 Indian rupee 79, and at 7 Chinese yuan. We also get to 16 South African rand 16. The US dollar is trading at 78 pence to the British pound, 81 cents to the euro. Golden thousand, five forty six dollars Platinum, $761 pounds. Brand crude oil, $32.85 a barrel. It's Channel Africa, African Perspective. Our sports update up next with Figile Lingwati.
sports update this hour we are beginning with the less than five months to go before the tokyo olympics international olympic committee president thomas bach plans emergency talks with member organizations the ioc plans a conference call on tuesday to keep the international federations informed of the situation as well as the national olympic committees and athletes one source close to the ioc has revealed the meeting the ioc will take stock of the actions taken to respond to the coronavirus crisis and the federations will have the opportunity to ask questions added a source close to one international sports federation and with less than a month to go before olympics we'll see more of the athletics postponements and that is the coronavirus pandemic which has forced postponement of next month's london marathon and many other sporting events in the uk our correspondent Gesho Minyati reports. The London Marathon has been retarized for October 4 because of the coronavirus outbreak. The marathon, attracting not less than 30,000 competitors every year, will only go ahead if the virus pandemic is contained. But at the moment, the rate of infections and deaths is speedily increasing worldwide. A total of 35 people have died in the UK and currently with more than 1,300 confirmed cases. There is now a long list of postponed and cancelled events, including the Boston Marathon in the USA, International Africa Boxing Forum, and World Student Cross-Country Championships, which were to be held in Morocco. UK's Premiership football matches have been put on hold until April 4. There is concern the Premiership League will be prematurely ended. A university student in Leicester who is not a fan of Liverpool who are destined to lift the Premiership title said, despite the coronavirus, football has to be stopped now. A rather mature sporting fan was concerned about the impact of the coronavirus forcing people to stay at home, no sporting activities and cities looking deserted at the weekend. One social runner who had just finished racing for charity expected the virus to be done away with soon and have everything return to normality. Geshom Yati, Channel Africa Sports, London. And the South African Premier Soccer League, the PSL, will hold an agent meeting. That's an executive committee meeting today in response to State President Rasir Ramaphosa's declaration of a state of disaster in South Africa. President Ramaphosa announcement on Sunday that gatherings of more than 100 people are now prohibited across the country in light of the escalation of the coronavirus on local shores. South Africa's infection count stood at 61 at the time of Ramaphosa's announcement, already up 10 from 51 earlier on Sunday. The PSL is expected to suspend the APSA Premiership, Clare Africa Championship and the Nedbank Cup competition with a press conference to be held to announce the details of the football program going forward. Kaiser Chiefs and Ramalodi Sundowns have both cancelled media opening days that were scheduled for this week following the presidential address. And that's your sport news this hour. Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zola. Africa, Amuka na Unai.
Recapping our top stories on Africa Rise and Shine at the Sawa. South Africa bans travellers from several coronavirus-hit countries and Nigeria's closed border boosts smuggling to Cameroon. That wraps up Africa Rise and Shine today. For myself, Lulu Gabu, producers Pumuz Ramagadz and Jane Rabutata, technical producer Wiseman Mangale and the rest of the team, thank you for joining us. For comments about our show, send us an email at infochannelafrica.org or tweet us at RiseShineAfrica. Now taking us to the top of the hour for the news is Vicky Sampson with a song titled African Dream. Multiplying and weary heart.